A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, the good news is Stumach, our ag meteorologist, is back along with us. Why do I say that? Because the weather forecasting is going to get a little bit more complicated this week than it was last. I am Farm Director Pam Youngke. Glad you're joining us on this, the first day of August and the beginning of the Wisconsin State Fair, just a couple days down the road. Today, we are going to have some partly cloudy skies. 81 are expected high, about as comfortable as you're going to get compared to the rest of this week. Tomorrow, we'll see sunshine and 86. Wednesday, good possibility of thunderstorms through the afternoon, 91. Opening day at the Wisconsin State Fair, sunshine and 82. I'll let Stumach tell you the rest of the weather details when he joins us in about 15 minutes. Details, it is exactly what federal milk marketing orders are all about. But man, oh man, despite the fact that dairy farmers complain about them, despite the fact that they've been around and are outdated compared to the dairy industry today, they are difficult to change. I'm talking about it this morning with Mitch Davis. He's a dairy producer from Lesura, Minnesota, who sits on the Edge Dairy Cooperative Board. They're working very hard to build consensus on what kinds of changes need to happen with federal milk marketing orders. Stick around for that conversation. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. Well, it was just a week ago that we gathered together with the FFA Foundation for a golf outing, a little bit of fun, a little bit of money raised for the blue and gold. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, Bob, you know, the one thing that you and I have witnessed in our careers is uh, once they've donned the blue and gold, those young people seem to show up in leadership uh, positions long after they may have been involved in the organization. And one of those is uh, getting a little... What'd you say, international experience too? Really is. Ben Steyer, Pam, who is the immediate past president from Menominee of the Wisconsin FFA chapter, and just as a matter of a few days ago, selected to be Wisconsin's national officer candidate at the national convention this fall in Indianapolis, got back from, from a big trip that he actually earned, not through FFA so much, but just activity on the farm and dairy judging. Ben had a chance uh, to win a trip to Europe to go judging with his teammates two, three years ago, but COVID shut that down. But this summer, he took that trip. And when we talked to him, 
he was pretty excited about uh, coming back all the things they had a chance to do for a trip that they earned two or three years ago as uh, they judged in many places over in Europe. We just got back from a trip to Scotland, Ireland, and England for a little bit. A dairy judging trip that was originally supposed to happen in 2020, but like you said, happened a few days after the state convention. So it was a lot of fun, but I'm happy to be home now. And that was one of those trips where Dunn County has been successful as far as judging. And there was a group that went over there a few years ago, your sister, one of them, but tell us how you qualified to go over there. So our team won the World Dairy Expo judging contest in 2019. And as I said, then we should have gone in 2020, but of course things got postponed, but things had a way of working out. We were able to go this year and it was a really neat trip. And then there were also some students who qualified through the FFA national contest with national convention. And then there were some students from 2019, 2020 contest, and even this most recent year. Were you guys, your entourage, the only ones from Wisconsin, or were there other ones from Wisconsin? There were a couple other Wisconsin teams. One was the Manitowoc County team that won the World Dairy Expo contest for 4-H this year. And then there was a team from Polk County that won for FFA at National Convention within the last few years, too. Well, tell us about your itinerary. Where'd you go? What'd you see before we talk about the specific judging? We saw lots of things, as you can imagine. Probably eight or nine different dairy farms while we were over there, which was really interesting. I wasn't expecting them to be so different, but when you consider... Oh, what do you mean by different? <laughs> the climate was one thing that struck me. I mean, we were low 70s, and that was about the warmest it was going to get. So they can't grow corn or alfalfa or things like that over there. It's a much grass-based diet. So that was really interesting to see how they have a lot more grazing and things like that even feeding fermented grass as kind of a silage um, and how because of that they need more time on feed, shorter time to milk. and They have similar labor issues over there that we're seeing in the U.S. So lots of management styles that are a little different than what we see over here. And then um, we also were able to see a lot of the different more tourist type things. Going to several different churches when we were over there in London. We were able to go to Big Bed and go on the London Eye and see everything. And then in Scotland and Ireland too, a lot of the really beautiful landmarks. Going on the Ring of Kerry in Ireland and seeing the coast and a lot of the, a lot of the different greeneries. Lots of very beautiful things that I won't forget for a long time. When they say 40 shades of green in Ireland, they mean it, don't they? <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of times on the bus we had about a foot in between the hedge on the side and the road and that it was green all over the place it was rare to not see green grass or a hedge and see either blacktop or dirt in a place let's go back to the dairies how big were those dairies and what were their milking systems all about I'd say the average size we saw was between 150 and 200 cows of the of the dairies we toured and we saw a lot of swing parlors where they swung the unit back and forth between the two sides uh, we saw one 50 cow rotary parlor and then a couple parallels as well so a few different systems nothing that was too different from what we have over here um, but then a lot of the cows were on pasture and they would bring them in for milking or if they were in the barn they only spent a little bit of time in the barn and then they were out on pasture for some time too well you got a chance to talk to dairy farmers in ireland that part of the world when you talk to dairy farmers doesn't take long to have them tell you what's wrong. <laughs> what's wrong in Ireland or what's, uh, what are they uh, challenged with the most? One of the challenges over there is the weather being that it's pretty wet all the time. Trying to find some feed that they can put up for the winter even though it doesn't get very cold or snow very much at all. The grass doesn't grow as much, it kind of goes dormant. Finding times when it's dry enough to mow and cut and do all that stuff was one of the challenges they talked about. 
And then labor, as I mentioned too, finding people that want to work on the farms and milk cows and all of that stuff. It seemed like kind of a challenge that we heard about throughout the entire trip. So what are they doing for hired labor? I mean, around here, it's hard to get high school kids anymore to come and milk or, you know, we don't use them to make hay anymore for the most part. Are they uh, getting foreign help in and where are they coming from? Some of them that we talked to had employees that actually kind of specialized in milking cows, but they'd work for a few different farms. Because the milking only took an hour or two, they'd milk at three or four different farms and travel and go about it that way. Um, and then because the farms were around 150 to 200 cows, a lot of them, it was mostly family that was doing it. We didn't hear too much about foreign employees. Um, I think a lot of them were either family or some of those traveling ones that would serve a few farms. Did you drive down the road and see many empty barns like we see around here or there are a lot of dairies over there? Yeah, not too many I would say. It seemed like we saw a lot of pastures especially that had cows in them and if there weren't cows there there were sheep. <laughs> Lots of sheep around too but not too many empty barns and not a ton of wood, mostly stone, things like that. So you don't, you know, you think of the traditional red barn, it's just not something that you see over there. I was gonna say, driving around Ireland, how many million miles of stone fence do you think <laughs> you saw? Because they do make their fences out of stone over there. It's beautiful. Ben Steyer is with us from Alpha Lawn in Menominee area, Dunn County, past president of the Wisconsin FFA, just back from Europe, and some dairy judging competition. How many shows did you judge at? We judged at two separate shows. One was the main one, the Royal Highland Show in Scotland that the trip was kind of built around. And then the other one was a smaller show that they held in Ireland, kind of what we might think of as a county fair type style mm -hmm. of show. And then they had kind of an exhibition thing with machinery and different implement dealers. And so that one was smaller, but we had those two and a different style of judging, but still really interesting and fun to participate in. What do you mean a different style of judging? For our classes, we had five minutes to judge the cows, and at our national contest here at World Dairy Expo, we had 15. And then for the reasons classes, we had either six or seven minutes, I'm not completely sure. Uh, but they flew by nonetheless and tried to get notes down and all that in the short amount of time was a challenge. And then we also judged in lab coats, white lab coats, and all the exhibitors wore lab coats while they were showing, whether it was a sheep or a beef cow or a dairy cow. Um, so that was interesting too, but kind of fun for a little bit. <laughs> so tell me about the Royal Show in, in Scotland. Does that compare in any way, shape, or form with the size of World Dairy Expo, or what do you relate it to? I think it was a little bit smaller than World Dairy Expo, being that Scotland as a whole is, I mean, they said it's like, would rank 42nd or 43rd out of state size. And so when you're pulling cattle from that area, like, I don't think you can have quite the size and scale. But still uh, a nice show. They had a lot more beef cattle than dairy cattle, um, but still the dairy cows that were there were pretty high caliber. Um, and then they do a lot of, like, not pomp and circumstance, but there's a formality to the show, and especially with the beef cattle and a parade of champions. And so it's a neat element that we don't always have with shows over here, but then it's nice for the public to see all the animals on parade. and they. It's a, quite a big deal to be in the Parade of Champions and out in front of everyone with the different breeds. So what do you see as the dominant breed over in that part of the world? Holsteins and Ayrshires dominated for the dairy side of things. And we saw, I don't know, all sorts of different beef things. Lots of Scottish Highlands, which was pretty cool to see considering we don't have them a lot over here. Um, but some beef breeds I hadn't really seen a lot of before, so that was neat to see too. What about Guernseys and breeds like that? Not as many there? 
Not as many. I don't know that I saw many Guernseys at all. Some Ren and White Holsteins were mixed in and a, an occasional jersey. But other than that, not too many colored breeds from what we saw at least. So as far as those shows are concerned now, how'd you do? And I would imagine you had competition from, it sounds like, all over the world. Right. At the Highland Show, they had a lot of the U.S. teams competing against each other, kind of in our own division, and then a lot of the Scottish young men and women that were competing for their own title were competing at the same time, but in a separate competition. So from that Royal Highland Show, the team I was on got second, which we were pretty happy with. They judge in pairs over there, so I was on a team with a girl, her name was Hannah, and she was from Indiana, come qualified through FFA to be on the trip. And so we were pretty happy with that one. And then at the smaller show we went to in Ireland, they didn't give overall awards, but they did it based on each class. You got certain points, and so for one of the classes, I think we, we won one of the classes, and then we're third for another class. So still fun and neat to see kind of a smaller show, but it was still a good experience. A world experience. So you're home on the farm all summer, back to University of Minnesota this fall. That's the plan, yeah. I'll be down at State Fair with a couple heifers, probably helping at County Fair to some degree, even though I'm not showing anymore, and then at the farm this summer. Congratulations. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind two or three years for you, and uh, back to normalcy. Exactly. Thank you. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I don't blame you. Ben Steyer, again, from Alpha Lawn Dairy in Dunn County, also our immediate past president of the Wisconsin FFA, traveling and judging in Europe, Ireland, Scotland, England. I'm Bob Osold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Youngke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chump Gill. And from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. A unique style of great country music. It's Colt Ford. With the outlaw southern sounds of the Lax. Performing live Sunday, August 14th at Ho-Junk Gaming, Wisconsin Dells. Tickets are on sale now through Ticketmaster. See a John Deere in the field, we can ride it. It's Cold Ford and the Lax. Sunday, August 14th at Ho-Junk Gaming, Wisconsin Dells. Your grown-up getaway. Must be 21 to attend the Cold Ford and Lax concert and to enter the gaming floor. New kitchen, new bath. You can increase the value of your home without draining your savings account. AF Construction has easy finance options. For a limited time, 12 months, same as cash loans are available with approved credit. See the website for details. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to DeKalb, constantly innovating products and technology to maximize crop protection, production, and yields. And from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter.
sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Lots of folks that are going to get busy later this week. The beginning of the Wisconsin State Fair starts officially on Thursday. He's been busy for the past couple of days. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning after spending a little time internationally. And it all went well. Scotland, uh, Ireland, uh, what was the highlight? Uh, the highlight was the Highlands of Scotland. I think that's where I belong if I couldn't be here. Wow. It seemed the most like home. Oh, wow. Neat. I look forward to I've never been to Scotland myself, but uh, about a month from now, our farm tour will uh, give me that opportunity. I'll have to get notes from you on what I should keep an eye out for. Oh, absolutely. And you're going to see there, just like us, the winter wheat was starting to go in about uh, late last week as we're driving through uh, the heart heartland of scotland if you will winter wheat was coming off we get home huh, winter wheat's coming off just like that everybody's playing the same game we're going to have some very hot weather for this winter wheat harvest and getting ready for state fair those temperatures really warming up for wednesday with the approach of the next low pressure system a weak system did pass in overnight some rain in northern wisconsin off the tip of the door peninsula this morning and down west of the chicago metro heat advisories for the Twin Cities and areas into southwest Minnesota for today. But we expect to stay more summery today, tomorrow. Some rain most likely Tuesday night and Wednesday. I'll have forecast details right after this. Whether it's the sound of the carnival or the taste of the cotton candy or your first blue ribbon, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs to offer cash prizes for your fair stories. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there is no limit, so tell us all of your stories. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. BioVet microbial and nutritional supplements are formulated by their own staff veterinarian. Their focus on technology, research, and innovation ensures that your livestock receive live microbials and the absolute best nutritional ingredients to support all stages of health, growth, production, and reproduction. When you think healthy livestock, think BioVet and let them help you grow your profits. Call today, 1-800-BIOVET1 or find them online at bio-vet.com. All right, Stu, let's have that forecast. All right, well, a warmer one again today, becoming partly sunny almost everywhere and oh, around 80, low 80s in western Wisconsin, northwest winds 5 to 15, still clear in the night, low 60s, winds gradually uh, varying a bit northwest to east about 5 to 10, a sunny day Tuesday, a slight chance of a shower toward midday, otherwise in the mid and upper 80s for highs, and by Wednesday, Tuesday night into Wednesday, showers could be some thunderstorms, about a quarter to half inch at most, but about 90 Wednesday, Luckily, it cools for Thursday, Pam, getting better then. All right. Just in time for the Wisconsin State Fair. Well, great to have you back, buddy. I'll look forward to learning a little bit more about your trip uh, over the course of the next couple of days. 
All right. Catch you later. Stumach, Greg, meteorologist, back along with us on your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your par- financial partner for agriculture and rural lifestyle. Check out Compure.com for more. We are talking more about federal milk orders and also focusing in on the Wisconsin State Fair. Updates coming to you during the Wisconsin State Fair, courtesy of our friends in partnership with Armor Animal Health. Stick around. Lots more to cover on a Monday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership development. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Looking for extra cash? Did you witness a crime? Or maybe you have information about ongoing criminal activity in the Madison area. We give cash for clues. Madison Area Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that helps prevent and solve crimes in our community by working with Dane County residents, law enforcement agencies, and media partners. So how does it work? When you share information with Crime Stoppers, a confidential code will be generated to protect your identity. If your tip results in an arrest and filing of criminal charges or the apprehension of a fugitive, you'll receive a cash reward. Keep your tip ID and password so you can check the status of your tip. Once the arrest or apprehension is confirmed, arrangements will be made for you to collect your reward anonymously. Your confidentiality is important to us. Any individual who contacts Crime Stoppers will always remain anonymous. Call 608-266-6014 or go to p3tips.com. Madison Area Crime Stoppers, your safety is always our priority. Pest control? You've got a guy for that car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Sweet of Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at carbonworldhealth.com. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway 
that it's a floor, but it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. It's Preston from Window World. Summer is here, and with it, the hot air. Don't let other companies add to it. We won't lure you in with buy one, get one, or half off installation. Not Window World, not ever. We offer a no pressure consultation with straightforward, fair pricing. None of that if you sign today or let me call my manager nonsense. Window World. Professionally installed at an everyday low price. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. And Alton Jenkins standing over there on the sidelines on the PUP, you got some problems to solve. Now, John Runyon, he's a lock at left guard, and Josh Myers is back at center. So I was impressed on Wednesday. I was watching this number 50, Zach Tom. And then when I talked to him and the Sean Ryan kid, the two guys they took in the middle of the draft, I was impressed by them. In, in the mini camps, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the spring workouts, just in talking to him, these draft picks afterwards, I said, this looks like a Packer offensive lineman, like guys I've talked to over the years, like a Sitton or a T.J. Lang and all that when they first get here. And so even though it's just helmets and shorts, on Wednesday, number 50, Zach Tom, out of Wake Forest, is playing left tackle, and he's doing a pretty good job. And the very next day, they got him running with the ones, and he's looking pretty good. And I saw him going up against Rashawn Gary on several snaps. So, now, I was a little disappointed when I went immediately to his locker after yesterday's practice to see, you know, he's not as, he's not as big as Bakhtiari. He's not like the, the cookie-cutter height you're looking for at 6'4 and 304 pounds to play an offensive tackle, particularly left tackle, in the National Football League. But, um, you know, I asked him about you know, his experience in, in lining up there and what Luke Butkus the offensive line coach has got him working on early year in training camp. Mostly my hands, my hand, my hand placement, just throwing my hands, throwing my hands, being aggressive with my hands. So that's the main thing I was focused on today, especially when I was going up there with the ones. So, you know, and I felt like I did a fairly good job. I got better. I, better, I was better than I was yesterday. So that's the main thing, just improving every day. So, Is there a fine line between placement and not getting a holding call? I mean, do you have to go back and forth on that all the time? Yeah, I guess, but... It's mainly for me. It's just about even just throwing them. There was time. There are times where I just like take my hands back and, and let them get in my chest. So for me, it's mainly about throwing them. It's not necessarily about where I put them and like grabbing them and stuff. So Mike, I remember when uh, I talked to Wayne Larry. He said, "Man, Sean Ryan 
might actually look the part. Zach Tom, like you had said, he's not the biggest cat. He's not Bakhtiari's size. He's got versatility. But uh, So why are they throwing him out there at tackle right now? Because I don't think they're 100% on Royce Newman going into his second year. I don't think Cole Van Lannan, the kid from Wisconsin, who they let him run at right tackle again today, and they put Josh Nyman back at, at uh, left tackle. Um, you know, they now's the time to get a look. And, you know, just not only to get a look, but also it's part of the training as well for these guys. So, you know, Zach Tom, you thought, would probably be more of a candidate at guard. And so I asked LaFleur today, so how come you got Zach Tom running with the ones? Well, he's done it. In the, I know it's a different game, but he's done it in college, and he's he's got the athleticism, and um, he's got great technique. He, he really does, for what he lacks maybe in sheer size, he can really sink his hips and anchor and, and does a great job with that. So, you know, Mike, uh, going up – now, granted, they're not in pads. They're not going full go and all that kind of stuff. It's more cerebral, but you do got to get your hands out and such. But you kind of get the sense maybe from the opposite side of the ball as to how good some of these rooks may be. Uh, you look at certain players over on the defense, and maybe you go to them and you say, you know what, look, you're looking at some of these rookies and they're trying to test these guys out. They're trying to find another guy to replace David Bakhtiari for the time being or Elton Jenkins or what have you with the line shuffle that they're going to have going on. You, you get a, Sometimes it's not the coaching, it's the perspective from another guy across from him that you actually find out how good a player is. Absolutely. And, you know, the exercise right now is, look, okay, let's just project to the opener against the Vikings, Yash Nyman at left tackle because he did it for, you know, eight games or more last year when Elton Jenkins went down. Right tackle right now is wide open with, you know, Billy Taylor gone, Dennis Kelly, those guys. Maybe they sign another veteran off the street sometime during camp. That doesn't look really possible right now. Maybe you wait until after there's some cutdowns and some veteran, you know, becomes loose. But those two tackle jobs, and especially more importantly, is who's going to back these guys up. Maybe Runyon, you know, can take some of these snaps. Um, and the backup center job is kind of wide open because right now they're running Jake Hansen, who on the depth chart is backup center, but he's running with the ones at right guard. So, you know, at the, I just thought it was really interesting how well Zach Tom's feet were when they were going full speed in helmets and shorts against Rashawn Gary. And, man, Bill, Rashawn Gary, I swear to God, he looks faster. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I know federal milk marketing orders are difficult to get your arms around, but I'll tell you what, it dictates the price that consumers pay at the grocery store. It dictates what dairy farmers are paid. It dictates margins that a lot of dairy farmer cooperatives are working with. It's really a complex net. But now Edge Dairy Cooperative is starting the conversation about possible revisions to the federal milk marketing orders. I'm talking about it with Mitch Davis, dairy farmer from Minnesota, who's on the Edge Dairy Cooperative Board of Directors. We'll uh, try to help explain how complicated the process is, yes, but how many areas of the dairy industry want to see some change. Stick around for that. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us on this Monday. Going to be an exciting week uh, across the state of Wisconsin. Thursday is the beginning of the Wisconsin State Fair, State Fair Park in West Dallas. You can tune in right here. 
for all the details from the Wisconsin State Fair this year, brought to you courtesy of our friends from Armor Animal Health. Weather-wise for today, cloudy skies, 81. Tomorrow, sunshine and 86. Wednesday, a good possibility of afternoon thunderstorms, 91. And then Thursday, opening day of the fair, sunshine and 82. Friday, sunshine and 82 as well. So today is the first day of August. On this day, back in 1878, perpetual praying started in La Crosse. Franciscan sisters of perpetual adoration started basically tag-teaming continuous prayers of praise, thanksgiving, and petition. And do you know what? That started on, on this day back in 1878, and it continued in La Crosse, that perpetual praying, until February 25th, 2020, obviously the pandemic. Up until that time, two people prayed around the clock at the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration in La Crosse. Not sure what their schedule is today, but boy, oh boy, that's something to think about. And now you know. I know that there are probably parents out there that kind of cringe when they see their kids coming toward the house, dirty feet, dirty knees, dirty hands. But could that dirt be helping their immunity system? Well, that is the research currently ongoing here in Wisconsin through the Wisconsin Infant Study Cohort. It is a group of researchers from the University of Wisconsin teaming up with the National Farm Medicine Center at Marshfield Clinic. And what they want to do is look at how farm environments, especially those with livestock, stimulate children's immune systems and make them less likely to develop allergic diseases. Catherine Barnes is a part of that cohort. You know, in general, this research really supports the idea whether you have a kid on the farm or off the farm, it's good for kids to step away from TVs and their devices, get outside, get a little dirty, spend some time with animals, learn the cycle of life, you know, put their hands in soil, watch things grow, experience all those joys of childhood. Um, And, you know, our goal is to have that future generation of children who are healthier and thriving because of the work we're doing. Catherine Barnes, one of the members of the research group with the Wisconsin Infant Study Cohort. She says since they started the program, they've enrolled 300 babies from Wisconsin into the cohort, half from farms and the other half from rural non-farm homes. For eight years, starting in the womb, researchers will track the children's exposure to farm animals and farm-related microbes. Then they're going to measure the development of cells involved in immunity and resistance to viral respiratory illnesses. They're also going to track respiratory infections and development of allergies. Again, it's called the Wisconsin Infant Study Cohort. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls.
Time to catch up with our Wisconsin Soybean Association, our Soybean Marketing Board, our Soybean Growers, all together as one. Keep up to date on regular updates as far as what's happening in fields and with the associations at badgerbean.com. You can also go to coolbean.info. That's where Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist, posts his updates from time to time. Pam, it's been a pretty quiet year. Um, if you look around, we just were able to run uh, Damon Smith's uh, white mold prediction model, and basically all of that is showing low risk, which is which is good for the farmers out there right now. There's really not a lot of insects out there. I would think the biggest challenge we would had up to this point was weed control, day and herbicides, and that's been a big challenge out there. I was just able to go down to Rodrigo Worley's field day and talk about water hemp, and he basically he's looking at now in some of these early plant situations, which I'm really trying to promote farmers to get in their plant early for the yield advantage. Want to find out more? Remember, that's brought to you courtesy of your soybean checkoff dollars, Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. You can find out more about what's happening with that group, badgerbean.com, or like we said, Dr. Conley's site, coolbean.info. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Just a quick look at markets this morning in Chicago, which are generally down. December corn's down a dime, 609. November beans down 18 cents at 14.50. The September wheat's down a dime, 7.98. Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained four and a quarter cents, 188 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese was up three at 188, and double A butter gained three and a half cents, 2.99 a pound. Fluid milk for August is up six cents, 20.47. September milk's up 24 at 20.55 a hundred weight, but Keep an eye on the Dow Jones Industrial Average right now. That is currently trading about 50 points lower as we get started this first day of August. Coming up next, it's a difficult subject to get your arms around, but at least Edge Dairy Cooperative is trying. Reforming federal milk marketing orders. We're talking about that next with Mitch Davis, dairy farmer from Minnesota. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Wiseway Flooring's budget-friendly pricing beats the big box store every day. Wiseway stocks flooring by the pallet and the roll to get you better pricing. Our cash and carry discount saves you even more for a beautiful do-it-yourself floor. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our product pricing might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. 
There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chunk Gill. And from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, for a lot of people, when you start talking about federal milk orders, it's not long before their eyes glaze over and roll in the back of their head. It is a complicated, complex system, but a lot of Wisconsin dairy operators and processors depend on it for their very livelihood. But there has been a call for the past couple of years for significant changes to federal milk marketing orders across the United States, not just here in the upper Midwest. Joining us now is Mitch Davis. He is one of the members on the board for Edge Dairy Cooperative. He is at Davis Family Dairies in Lesseur, Minnesota. He's on the Edge Board of Directors and more importantly, very engaged in a task force that's trying to put together some logic, some proposals on revising and revamping federal milk marketing orders. Like I said, Mitch, I'm glad to be able to talk to a dairy producer that's also been on the dairy processing side of things. This is not and you know, I guess they say, you know, how do you how do you you know eat an elephant, you know, one piece at a time? This is a monster of a project. How long would you say you've been dedicated to trying to just get down to the nuts and bolts of what needs correction? Well, in in the most recent effort, it's probably been about a year. Well, it's been since twenty twenty when the negative PPDs hit. That kind of reinvigorated the discussion on a different level. Mm-hmm. But I would just tell you, my father in the mid-70s was trying to tackle this as a processor mm-hmm. in the national legislature. So it's been going on a long time. The program was instituted in 1938. So obviously things change. And it's time to have a comprehensive discussion about the FMMO. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you go back to the impetus of how it started. And they were using Eau Claire, Wisconsin as a pricing point for milk across the United States. Like uh, Mitch points out, time for a change. So let's talk about some of the specifics, Mitch, that Edge Dairy Cooperative has been advancing with the help of another fantastic dairy leader, Dr. Marin Bozik out of the University of Minnesota. Let's talk a little bit about some of the real bullet points that Edge believes needs to be addressed because I think all of them will resonate with any dairy farmer out there. Uh, agreed. And kind of triggered again by 2020's events, um, when the negative PPDs came in, uh, we started to take a look at the incentive to be in the order. And at that time, it wasn't much of an incentive economically for a processor to pool the milk. Well, when they depooled, it lowered the funds available for distribution within the order and that created some thoughts about, hey, wait a minute, is this order long for this world? Because if this order isn't motivating processes to participate and thus becomes defunct, what are the things the order does for us now that we won't have available that producers need in terms of security and certainty and understanding how their milk's going to be priced? Oh, absolutely. And I got those phone calls repeatedly because that was the first time for many dairy producers they'd seen the numbers go so negative. And that kind of still persists, though, Mitch. I mean, that once they got a taste of that deep pooling, it still is a part of our conversation today. Absolutely. It's shown the light on not only the negative PPDs, 
But on the other aspects that we benefit from and maybe at times suffer from that are you know, contained within the order rules of engagement. Yeah, and one of those is just having straight out, I'll say, contractual principles in play here. Um, you know, a lot of dairy producers have learned the hard way that there's really no specific guidelines on how much time needs to be given before you're told your milk is not needed. I mean, there's just an apple cart full of things that need to be handled here, Mitch. That's correct. And, you know, we use the order for a few things that come to mind as being important for the producer. One is price discovery. It sets a minimum price line, gives some guardrails to guidance for the processor as to what they need to do to be competitive and be aligned with the end products they sell. It also talks about payment terms. Uh, the order mandates when the farmer's paid twice a month, and people do variations of that in terms of settlement versus an advance check in a settlement. But without the orders, if they were to be go away or there wasn't participation, who's to say those guardrails would stay in place, and we want to formalize an agreement between producers and processors, forming consensus, and getting the national legislature and USDA on board that there are some kind of practices we'd like to see instituted, whether or not an order exists. Yeah, and like we said, they're pretty straightforward, fairly simple. I am kind of curious, though, Mitch, how the processing side of the industry has responded. Have you guys engaged in conversations with them, or is this kind of a one-sided ask right now? No, we've been, we, we knew that you know the legislature, national legislature, likes to have consensus. USDA likes to have consensus. We knew we'd have to find common ground, and we've been pursuing that. There are regional nuances also that play in that have to be you know sort of overcome. And that's why the flexibility pillar in our program is, you know, to allow individual orders in their regional milk sheds to have some nimbleness as to how their order operates versus how maybe another region does. It has to do with product mix, the demographics, the milk supply, a whole bunch of things. So let's, uh, again, try to break this down as best we can. We're, we're trying to get away from one geographic point as the be-all, end-all of a pricing mechanism, Mitch. What would we like to see happen? I mean, there is also that question mark on the West Coast and their wild, wild west approach to milk pricing and processing. Talk to me a little bit in general terms about what Edge Dairy Cooperative is trying to advance when it comes to revising federal milk marketing orders. Well, the price discovery piece is important, and it is national in scope. You know, cheese has been carrying the day in terms of consumer preference if you, if you measure it against butter powder and fluid, especially fluid in Class two products. So cheese has to be considered and important. We also have to give the motivation to participate in the pool in the order so that there are funds to distribute and pay equitably among the product mixes. Not everybody can supply the bottle, even more true now today than it used to be when, when this was developed. And it was to solve that problem because only so much milk can go into fluid. Then when you look at the other product mixes, the class three, the class four, even the class two, we have to figure out how to do an equitable distribution of the greater monies that change hands in milk and milk conversion into end products. And so we think each region will have specific balancing issues as to the type of products it makes and the categories they fall into. So we still need price discovery. It's probably going to be dependent on cheese and butter powder like it is today. And we just have to create some kind of, and the term Dr. Bosick has coined, and I think he's correct, is uniform benefits. Right now we do a statistical uniform price. That's the blend price. 
that doesn't work because that that calculation doesn't always incent the processor to be a part of the pool. So they depool. We need to have a concept, and Dr. Bozik is working on the machinations around that and the calculations to have uniform benefits, which would then encourage and provide proper economic motivation for the processor to participate in the pool so we have funds to distribute to all the producers. You know, and the other thing that you uh, bring up here, Mitch, in, as far as the antiquation of the federal milk marketing orders, like you said, not everything can go in the bottle. And now a lot of our U.S. dairy ends up in the international marketplace, and the federal milk orders were never uh, designed to address that. Excellent point. Even down to, Pam, the products we make, many of these products were never contemplated by the AAA Act of 1938 that created the order system. None of them. So, yeah, we definitely need a comprehensive discussion around all of that. And to do that, we need every region and every stakeholder, processors, producers, and some of the ancillary important participants to have a discussion, find where our common ground is, listen to the other party and their concerns and the things that would impede them from embracing it, and then develop a program that everybody wants. Because if we can take consensus to the Congress and to the USDA, we'll get something done. Yeah, exactly. If you're just joining us, this is Mitch Davis. He's a dairy producer himself in Lesur, Minnesota, also has uh, experience in the processing industry. He's part of Davis Family Dairies and is also a member of the Board of director- Directors for Edge Dairy Cooperative and has been involved in this tax task force since it started. Got to ask you, Mitch, with all that being said, the research that's been done, the uh, consensus building that has been at work, what should we look for as far as movement on this issue? They just belabor it to death when it comes to trying to change federal milk orders. Do we see any hearings on the horizon? How are we going to try to get something formal moving on this? All indications are there won't be a hearing until USDA has some sort of comfort level that there could be consensus. They don't want to have a Donnybrook hearing Mm -hmm. when they don't have consensus in the industry. So right now what Edge is doing and others, National Milk, IDFA, Uh, a whole bunch of other organizations that we're engaging with, both producer and processor-centric, to have a comprehensive set of discussions to find out what the common ground items are and then see if those items can be the basis for having a more functional federal order system. It never comes easy when it comes to federal milk marketing orders. Thanks, Mitch. Mitch Davis is a dairy producer himself from Lesur, Minnesota, also a board member on the Edge Dairy Cooperative Board. They're working to try to build that consensus and continue to refine details on what could happen if federal milk marketing orders were reviewed. Obviously, an evolving process, one that you can follow along on their website, voiceofmilk.com. Tomorrow morning, we're catching up with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. This is the Midwest Farm Report.